Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the 13th day of August, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond, the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. I'm going to bring back a friend of the podcast, Jamie Kelly, who is a terrific sports writer and radio host and pal to your friend Sully. She is a huge Texas Ranger fan. And Jamie Kelly and I were exchanging emails. I said, got to get you back on the podcast. Talk a little Rangers. And so we did. And this is a little bit of our conversation. So welcome back to the show, Jamie Kelly. Once again, now, is this our first chat of the season? Is this our first, at least, uh, on the podcast chat of the season? I think so. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the last time we talked was when the Rangers took a 2 nothing lead in the division series last year. And... I think we were both feeling confident that they were about to move on. And yeah. uh, I don't think I should reference what happened after that. Uh, I don't know. You might. I'm feeling kind of feisty today. <laughs> oh, nice. Perfect. I got, the, I got the best time to get you on. Uh, I feel pretty confident in the team that is at least statistically the best team in the American League right now. I do, too. And, and the fact that they're sitting in this position – um, with, like you said, the closest team being six and a half back, minus two of the guys out of their starting rotation who have played key prominent roles over the past few seasons, uh, I feel pretty darn good that, that we're going to be okay if we maintain. Uh, at the trade deadline, all right, they didn't get another ace, but they got an ace last year when nobody saw them getting them that ace. And they managed to pick up Beltran and Lucroy. And keep Profar, Gallo, and Nomar Mazzara. And I just thought, wow, that is a Houdini act by John Daniels. And Jerks and Profar. Uh, right. I think, yeah, I mean, all the players that you felt like, wow, they've they got to give up one of these guys. Nope. Kept them all. And uh, tell me your thoughts on, on sort of threading that needle at the trade deadline. It was funny, and, and I'm sure this happens in every fan base, uh, but it, it was kind of funny sitting back watching the fans melt down as the clock ticked closer to the day of the trade, trade deadline. Uh, everybody was in a panic. Why, aren't we, why, aren't, why haven't we done anything? Why haven't we gone and gotten Chris Sale? What's going on? And uh, for people who don't watch John Daniels season in and season out, John Daniels will not make a deal until it favors him. And those of us who watch closely knew, just sit tight, wait until the 11th hour, because deadlines make deals. And it was one of the most amazing afternoons of clock watching I've ever experienced. Uh, the, the Beltron trade, first of all, uh, was phenomenal. The fact that the Yankees are going to be uh, picking up uh, some of his contracts. Right. And, and, and pretty much all the Rangers gave up uh, was a right-handed pitcher uh, in Dylan Tate, who by all accounts had not delivered and become the uh, number one pick that everybody expected that he would be uh, when he made it to the majors. And uh, then when it came down that we got Lucroy, it was funny because it, it was like the secret that everybody knew, everybody was in on. 
everybody right. knew the Rangers would end up with Luke Roy, but everybody also assumed that Gallo would be going. Right. And so when it came down that, you know, really that trade was headlined by uh, Frisco outfielder Lewis Brinson, and, and that's a hit. That's going to hurt not having him uh, in, in the depth chart. Um, but the fact that we did hang on to those key uh, prospects and guys that have just started poking their heads into the major leagues, we were just amazed yet again at the Jedi-like powers of John Daniels. Now, yeah, I, that talk to me again three, four years down the road, <laughs> I may be eating my words when uh, maybe we haven't backfilled the farm system. But for right now, it's incredible. Well, let me, let me tell you from a, little, from a little bit of experience, because sometimes you do have to give up something to get something. And, for example, the Red Sox had to give up uh, Hanley Ramirez and Annabelle Sanchez to get uh, Josh Beckett and Mike Lowell from Florida. But when you looked up and you saw Beckett was the ALCS MVP and Lowell was the World Series MVP, that trade led directly to a championship. You know, I, again, I'm not trying to jinx anything because this is a totally wide-open American League. Any team can have a hot three weeks and find themselves in the World Series from the American sure. League. But that being said, I don't see any team that is as better equipped for a run than Texas at this point. I mean, I, I think they are just a – they are – you hand the ball to Hamels, you have an ace who is – World Series tested at the top of the rotation. Yeah, they're 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 well equipped. And the fact that they've gotten to where they are, you know, like I mentioned before, with Derek Holland missing time, with Colby Lewis missing time, um, with Hugh Darvish making his way back from Tommy John, with Martin Perez really still kind of finding his way back um, from surgery, yeah. they haven't been at full strength really at any point in the season. And, uh, you know, by all accounts, Colby Lewis and Derek Collins should be returning to the lineup um, probably by the end of this month. Uh, and, and, I mean, you look at, the, look at the patchwork rotation that the Rangers have used. I mean, they're, you know, they've ridden guys like A.J. Griffin, who's been a nice surprise. Uh, yeah. They're, they're using, you know, recently acquired uh, Lucas Harrell, who hasn't been fantastic, but, you know, he's eaten up some innings. And, and we're still sitting atop the division, still six and a half games up on the Mariners. So, like we were saying, if they can just maintain um, and bring those guys back into the fold and get their arms you know, back where they need to be before October, uh, this is going to be a really exciting stretch run. And I think that they've been getting good, good stuff from Dyson, from, from Claudio, from, mm-hmm. uh, from Barnett. I think they've been getting some good their, – their bullpen is – it's not as sexy as some of the other bullpens, but it, it's you watch a Ranger game, you don't sort of close your eyes and think, you know, especially after Tolleson, is he hurt or is he what? What's his deal? Is he just? Is he just? Did they DFA him? What happened to him? Is he? he gone? Um, his uh, from from everything I've read, um, his father is battling cancer, oh, okay. and I think it just uh, it just shook him, and yeah. I, I I think it just kind of knocked him off his game just enough. Um, and I don't know what his status is right now, um, but but I know that that was you know everybody was complaining there for a while. Where is our Tolly? Where did he go? Yeah. Um, and and then word started to come out that he was having some family issues, and then uh, came out that his father was battling battling cancer. And of course, we can all relate to that. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure what his status is right now. But you're right. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of no name guys. Um, you know, we were without Keone Kella for a while, who of course. 
um, made a name for himself in that uh, series with Toronto last year. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know if the meme made it nationwide, but there was a meme uh, that we just laughed about here that said, am I not the timekeeper? Uh, because <laughs> people were complaining that Kella was uh, taking too much time or, or going too quickly between batters. But, um, yeah, guys like Barnett, uh, even Matt Bush, who didn't do so well today. Um, but, yeah, the, the bullpen, it, it, you know, you don't fear them, but you know that they're going to give you a run for their money. By the way, how great was the trade with, I mean, yeah, you did, the Rangers did give up some quality players to Philadelphia, but again, not Gallo, not Profar, not Nomar, not your Nomar, and they right. got Hamels, and they got uh, Diekman out of it. And Dyson. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot yeah. about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just I, a typical John Daniels trade. <laughs> I, did not, I did not realize that he was in that trade as well. Well, look at that. Yeah, yeah, they got the they got the guy. Uh, um, what's it called? Um, uh, Jared Eikhoff has pitched well for, or at least I remember he's pitched kind of well. But still, um, yeah, that is uh, that's something right there. That is quite a that's quite an amazing trade. It is, and and just an update. I, uh, it looks like Sean Tolleson was sent down to the minors at the end of last month. So okay, okay. I, Amanda, what a great surprise that would be. Uh, for him to return for a playoff run. By the way, let's let's also talk about one of the strangest things that happened in this off season was Ian Desmond, who was a shortstop by trade. Yeah. And, and I thought, okay, he you know he, he's clearly going to land a job because he's a major league shortstop. And just wandering the desert, nobody picking him up, and he signs to be an outfielder in Texas. Yeah. And I thought, I felt badly for him. I felt like, oh, poor schmuck. And like the second he signed with Texas, there was an injury in St. Louis with their shortstop. And I'm thinking, oh, if he had waited a week longer, he would just he would be this cardinal shortstop. And I felt badly for this poor guy. And he, boy, talk about someone who made lemonade from lemons. It's the yeah. year that he has had. And he is he playing? He's playing in center now, right? Yes, and and an everyday starter. I mean, he is critical to this lineup. Yeah, that's just it's, that. It's, that's it's, quite a story. <laughs> it is. I mean, and and I think most people have heard by now that you know a couple years ago, uh, what the Nationals had offered him at like a seven-year, hundred and seven million dollar extension. Yeah, and he turned it down. And uh, then they gave him a qualifying offer before this season for about $16 million. Waited it out, waited it out. And then here come the Rangers, one year, $8 million. And now everybody is clamoring, please come up with the money to get this guy here for the next four or five years. Yeah. But, yeah, they've got to be careful with that. Now, you know, because, I mean, you, you, sign, you sign. I always feel weary about signing guys who've already celebrated their 30th birthday. To big long-term contracts. This is coming from a guy in his mid-40s, but still, I mean, I, to, to be able to, I don't know, I just feel I'm a little bit leery of, oh, man, he's having a great year. Let's sign him to a five-year deal. That, no, let someone else do that. You know, it's, right. it's easy for us. It's easy for you to scream and yell while the great year is happening and then grind your teeth when the, when the contract stinks. And we were afraid there for a while because the news just kept getting worse, kept getting worse on his injuries. 
And, I mean, we had honestly just accepted the fact that we may never see him in a Ranger uniform again. Yeah. And yeah. lo and behold, he's back. He's back out there in right field, and I feel him his way back in. Yeah, that's actually an interesting thing that's gonna ha- that could happen with this Rangers in the postseason when you think about it. You could have, obviously, you can have players like Beltran and Lucroy who are filling in and, and, you know, filling in nicely. You could have Chew back, and he's probably is not worn out too much. You could have Darvish, and you could have um, some of the other players, you know, if, uh, if Holland is back. You have a bunch of these players are, who are, haven't been there for most of the season, mm-hmm. and yet when you get to the postseason could play really big roles with the, if they go on, if they try to have a deep run. Right, and and that seems to be a common theme over the past few years with the Rangers, just with the bizarre injuries. But you're right; the timing is lining up very nicely. You know, get these guys back in in the month of August, give them September to work out the kinks, and then let them fly in October. Please tell me that, like, look at I, I don't, I don't, you know me; I know nothing about football. I know nothing. I don't. <laughs> I can't. I I can't tell you one person who was drafted in the NFL draft this year. It's not my sport, okay? If it's someone else's sport, great. It's not my sport. We but, still love you, though. Yeah, then it's fine, and I'm glad that I'm loved. But <laughs> tell me, tell me, there is some enthusiasm going on here in Dallas land and Texas land and Arlington land in what is a pretty fun and exciting Rangers team. It, you know, there's, I, there's two ways I want to go with that answer. One, we're having one of the hottest summers in the past five years. Um, so it's been hard to get people to go to games that start at 1 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. Um, but uh, on the other hand, and then the new stadium is a whole other can of worms. I don't want to uh, open. But this time of year, every radio station, every beat writer, every TV station, they are set up out in California watching the Cowboys practice and it's pretty cool to be you know to sit back as an observer on social media seeing how many people are complaining oh boy another jason garrett press conference why aren't we talking about the team in town that's in first place so it there is a an energy building here around this team right now where i don't see people just saying thank god football's almost back i'm not right. seeing that and that's pretty crazy to be happening in the dallas market Wow. Well, that's, well, that makes me yeah. happy. It's that exciting. Me, yeah. Wouldn't it be wild if the Dallas, the, of the four major teams in Dallas, the one with the longest championship drought would be the Cowboys? I know. And if the Rangers win, that would be the case. i like to see if the Rangers win a title, this would be a remarkable decade for them. You know, you would be three trips to the World Series, a title, a couple of division titles, and a wild card, and everything. And I also think, just personally, what you would find out is if the Rangers win, it would make all those dark memories of the bat flip, you know, Nelson Cruz's leap, the collapse against Oakland in 2012. All one strike away twice. One one strike away (laughs) twice in the same game. all that becomes prologue to the to like I can watch eighty six World Series, the Aaron Boone home run, and to me it's like that all built up to this. I'm a big Adrian Beltre fan. Oh man, I think, he lives in 
Well, I, I think that he's underappreciated. He and is. I, and I think that if he wins a champion, he could have that moment, kind of like Paul Molitor towards the end of his career, where people realize, damn, this guy's a Hall of Famer, isn't he? And yeah. Yes. And, and he's already going to leave a great legacy on the game. But you're right. He needs that championship to solidify and to back up what, you know, those of us who watch him, what we already know, right. to show to the rest of the league. Uh, that he did it. And and it's I love that you bring up all the pain and the hurt was part of the story because, you know, we've been we've already been through that here with the Dallas Mavericks. Right. You know, with what happened in two thousand six where it looked like they were just gonna take care of the Miami Heat and send them packing. And of course we know that didn't happen. And it took five years to climb the mountain again. So we're you know, we're still relatively fresh in this era of the Rangers, you know, finally coming to prominence. And, you know, what, it's been five years since our, our heartbreak in 2011. So maybe yeah. this is it. Maybe. Hey, um, let's talk a little bit about um, the big guy. Uh, ah. Prince Fielder, obviously, this is the end of his career. They had to make the deal for Beltran because they, they needed that big bat in the middle of the lineup because they were not getting it out of Prince. Uh, yeah. what, was, what was that? What was that news like, and, and how do you find out? And, you know, what does this mean going forward? Everybody was worried about Prince, but I think people were still – there's been a lot of negativity toward Prince, um, just feeling like he's never really lived up to his contract. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism, uh, you know, looking at Ian Kinsler's stats, people kind of going back in time and putting on the rose-colored glasses, you know, why did the Rangers even make this trade, and, um, then, you know, when the news of the second neck surgery came out, people started really getting concerned. And uh, I guess Ken Rosenthal was the first one that, that kind of put the, the bug out that his career was over. And, you know, what was it, 24 hours later, they're holding a press conference, you know, in, in the underbelly of, of the Globe Life Park. And that, uh, did you get to watch it live? No, I, saw, I, I didn't watch it live, but I saw the, I saw the, the clips afterwards. Oh, it yeah. it was one of the most difficult things I've ever watched. Uh, watching this giant of a human sitting there with his two little boys, and they're all in tears. The boys have their heads down so nobody sees him crying. Prince fighting back the tears, asking for tissues. It was so hard to watch. But, it, you know, I think everybody under, within that 24 hours of, you know, the shocking news, by then everybody had accepted, you know what? This guy loves being a daddy. Those boys went with him everywhere. And if this is what has to happen for him to continue being their daddy and living the life they need him to be able to live, we support him a million percent. And, I mean, there's even a hashtag on Twitter that we've started, um, get, a, get Prince a ring. And we feel like, you know, the Rangers, they've, they've got that magic in the clubhouse, and Jeff Bannister has a lot to do with that. And he loves rallying the guys around touchstones, you know, never, ever quit. Um, you can't beat me. He he really does a good job of inspiring the guys. But I think Prince is going to be the touchstone for what rallies the guys. And I don't know if you saw, I posted a picture. Um, one of the, the photographers in the room, I need to get his name because he took a phenomenal picture. Um, as Prince was leaving, you know, the entire Rangers club came to sit in that room. And it is a tiny room, by the way, so that was quite a sight. But as Prince left the room, they got a snapshot of him touching Adrian Beltre's head. Yeah. And, and, and my, my, I posted that, and, and the way I described it was, 
The prince gently touches the crown of the king, and the quest begins to get <clears throat> Prince his ring. And it was touching. It just, everybody got goosebumps. It was like, man, that's it. That's Prince letting Beltre know, it's okay, push forward, do this. And uh, the fans are fired up as hell nice. to see this happen. Okay, so just the uh, last thing I want to go through here, okay, mm-hmm. because right now I think the Rangers are going to win their division. I think that they're, they're about a they're about a week of games ahead of Seattle and Houston, and there's only about a month and a half left. Yep. And so, you know, they basically those teams would have to make up a game a week, and and not and not slide back at all. And right. that, that might be a little too much to to ask for the the Mariners and the Astros. Obviously, you would have you would want to have Cole Hamels pitch game one. Who's yep. your game two starter? Man, that's a great question because if this season had gone as planned, I'd probably trot Colby Lewis out there. Right. Um, if things continue as they are now on this traje- trajectory, Holland returns, Colby returns. Um, man, it's hard to say because I guess it, you know, if the series, if, if Texas has home field, Right. So that second game would be played out at the ballpark. Man, I, I might if Colby's healthy, I might put him out there and yeah. put you on the road. Yeah. I just what thought, you, man, it's a great problem those, to have. For those of us listening, uh, she meant you Darvish on the road and not yeah. you Paul <laughs> on the road. Would you want to hear put We're you on the road? <laughs> I'm there. I'll, I'll get my arm loose, but trust me, if I'm your game three starter, you're screwed. You better, you know. We're, <laughs> we're breaking news here on your podcast. Man, oh, man. Um, yeah, yeah that's just, a tough one. Yeah, I mean, I really was. Look at, I mean, a lot of the success that the Rangers will have is predicated on which one of these talented pitchers, whether it's Colby, whether it's Darvish, whether it's even, you know, Perez. Right. Uh, who is going to be healthy and pitching well down the stretch. I guess yes. it's it's really going to be playing it by ear. It may, it may also have to do with who they play. You know, yeah. if, they're, if they're matched up with um, Cleveland or if they're matched up with Baltimore or, God forbid, Toronto again. Um, uh. I know. I, I look, it, it's a possibility. Um, yeah. But, man, if it's Red Sox... Rangers, you and I may have to avoid social media for a while. Really, I know. We, we, you and I may have to avoid contact. <laughs> or maybe, you know what, maybe we embrace our differences and meet somewhere in the middle and watch a game together. Maybe, maybe that's the 2016 way of life. Maybe that, you know what, maybe that's it. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. it. Maybe, maybe but it. I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the schedule. I mean, the Rangers played an unprecedented number of road games leading into the last couple months of the season. And they're going to be within their home confines quite a bit uh, here to finish out the, the regular season schedule. And they've been I, unbelievable I think, at home. They've been, uh, they've been borderline yep. unbeatable at home. You and know. Martin Perez has been fantastic at home uh, after a shaky start to the season. So it, it, I just I think you're right, and you know me. I'm very superstitious. I am not going to jinx anything. But if there, like you said, if there was ever a time for the Rangers to punch on through, this might be it. All right. This is the last thing I'm going to point out to those of you listening at home. Um, the last from game, uh, the last basically two and a half weeks of the season, 
They play the A's, who are not having a good year. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Angels, who are having a terrible year. Then they play the A's, who are not having a good year. Uh-huh. Then they're playing Milwaukee, who are terrible. And then they're playing Tampa, who have waved the white flag. So after uh-huh. their game on September 14th, they have about 15 games after that, none of them against a contender. Right. Right. The, now, the first half of September is a, a buzzsaw, with the exception yes. of a trip out to Anaheim. But, yeah, right. they can get through September 14th unscathed they have and not play. take anything for granted. Don't let off the gas. Right, but they had nothing but non-contenders and only three games on the road. That's in Oakland. Yes. It's, so that it's, is, it's, that it's, is uh, as easy an end of the schedule as ever. And, boy, oh, boy, did I, do I feel like I just cursed them. <laughs> well, I, I will undo your curse, and I, and I, will, um, I will say that's why they play the games. And then right. I think if I say that, it balances out the universe. There you go. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> all right. Hey, Jamie, what do you want to plug? Um, so many great things to plug. First of all, uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jamie Sports Talk. Um, I am the general manager and on-air host of KTSRDB, The Score. And uh, we've got some pretty exciting things going on. You can listen to KTSR on the TuneIn app. Just search for KTSR. Um, but we have been, um, our network of stations, we have three in Texas. Um, we've recently been named the official radio partner of the NFLPA in Texas. Um, wow. So I know that's not exciting for a lot of baseball fans, um, but it's pretty big for us. We'll, we'll be down at the Super Bowl in Houston, and uh, we're doing a lot of great things with them. So we're hoping it just opens some doors and um, KTSR can just continue to grow. Nice. All right. Well, hey, look, at, I, I've, I've been promising to get you on to talk Rangers, and uh, it's looking more and more like it's going to be another Rangers October. So, look, at, it's great to have you back on, hear your Texan voice, and maybe we'll have a Red Sox-Rangers division series and see what happens there. Sounds good to me, man. All right, I'm going to sign off here and say go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, or I iTunes, iPod, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. You can be old school, send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Packer and Patrick Kalisi with Jamie Kelly. Say hello to everyone, Jamie. Howdy, howdy. And now say goodbye to him. Bye-bye. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Francis Oliver. What can they call me, Jamie? I think you must be called Sully. She's good. <laughs>